So pretty much every task in your business needs a standard operating procedure. It's the things that you do every day. It's a procedure, it's a process, it's a checklist, it's a set of tasks that you can put into a document. So welcome back to the Business Behind Your Business podcast, where we have the conversations to help your business grow and thrive. We like to bring those case studies, tips and suggestions to you to help you run a great business. And today is no exception. So today we're going to be looking at this whole issue, which is pretty common to a lot of business owners. And this is this whole idea of time, but how we can create more time by being more efficient in what we do. And this is where this whole idea of standard operating procedures comes in place. So many business owners are disorganized and spend too much time on admin each day. And we're just recapping a conversation I had with a previous client where we were able to save them four hours a day by improving their quoting and invoicing processes. So over the course of a week, that's 20 hours, a huge lifestyle change. So key processes, how we actually get them in place and also the benefits from them. But look, if you were to mark out what you did each week, it actually took a log of all the activities you did and what you spent your time on, you would be astounded to know how much time you're actually spending on administration tasks which is stopping you from focusing on those key things in your business or allowing you to produce more outcomes, more services and more sales. So today we're going to be focusing on how we can improve that in our business. We're looking at this whole idea of standard operating procedures. And um, look, I'm not an expert in standard operating procedures. I like to think I've got some pretty good ones in place in my business, but I'm not the expert. So as always, we have brought in the experts. So uh, again, I'm Paul Sweeney. I'm an accountant. I'm not an expert in operating procedures, but we have got the expert in place for you. And today I'm going to introduce you to Amanda Primrose from Streamlined Organising. And the name says it all, really. Streamlined Organising. Amanda's a virtual executive assistant and online business manager, and she's been doing this for over 13 years. So been doing it quite some time. A lot of processes improved in that time and helping, oh, actually more than 13 years. You've been working for 30 years in this area. So plenty of experience to share. So you must love this. Amanda. I do love it. Thanks for having me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, look, it's good to have you here. And look, we've crossed paths a number of times and we've had conversations about how business owners struggle to improve their processes and just get on top of all those day-to-day tasks. Some people just really have an aversion to doing administration work, but you must love it. I do. I just love it. I think it's the fact that I'm helping people and taking that stress and the pressure of the administrative part away from them in their business and they can not worry about that and they can just focus. So making that part of their business efficient and work really well, that's where I come in. Because mm, mm. I don't think anybody really goes into business apart from somebody that's in the business of administration with the view that I'm going to go into business so I can spend hours a day doing administration. I, I've yet to hear that as a reason for why people start their business. <laughs> Except for me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, unless you get excited about administration and that is your business, helping yeah. people do their business administration better. Yeah. And uh, you might have a tradie, for instance, that does an apprenticeship and becomes an electrician, for instance. and that's what they're there for, to do the electrical stuff. And then they have all this other stuff that they have to do as part of their compliance, part of running a business. And, yeah, they just don't do it very well. <laughs> mm-hmm. So on average, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but in an average business owner's day, how many hours a day would they be wasting on admin tasks? 
yeah, look, I think one to two hours at least a day is most people's, they're not charging for that time because it's a cost to the business. So yeah, they just need to give it to a virtual assistant or someone else in their business that is an expert in that area. Hmm. So but, let's put some numbers on that. So one to two hours a day, that's five to 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. That's a whole day. Exactly, exactly. Why would you do that? Yeah. So we're always arguing that we don't have enough time, but we are continually doing things that consume our time. That's right. And the wrong things. Prioritise, right? We do need to prioritise. We possibly need some standard operating procedures. Is that correct? Yes. That's right. So, look, yeah, when we say that phrase, standard operating procedures, immediately your attention probably goes to large companies with mm-hmm. lots of resources mm-hmm. and lots of protocols and quality rules about, you know, somebody has to approve things six times before it can action. But we're not actually talking about standard operating procedures in that way. What do we mean when we're talking about a standard operating procedure? So pretty much every task in your business needs a standard operating procedure. It's the things that you do every day. It's a procedure. It's a process. It's a checklist. It's a set of tasks that you can put into a document. And I mean, if you look at it, your everyday life can have a standard operating procedure. Your morning routine is a process. You do the same thing every day and that's a process and you could document that if you wanted to, but I can't see why you would. (laughs) (laughs) But that is a set of tasks that you do the same way every time. And obviously, if you want to have consistent results in your business, you want the person who's managing that task to do it the same way as much as possible and not having to reinvent the wheel every time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the feedback I get from business owners of why they are hanging on to these tasks is that nobody else does it the same way. But I think part of the problem is that the process is not a standard procedure. It's not a documented procedure. It's actually all in the owner's head. Exactly. That's right. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get it out of people's heads and into a document. If you think about it, imagine if one of your employees, for instance, or a staff member or a contractor even was hit by a bus or they got COVID, for instance, you know, and they got really, really sick and they had to go to hospital and then have recovery time after that. What do you do with that person and their role? How do you then do what they're supposed to be doing? If they're a key person in your business, do you know what they do? every day and so if you have standard operating procedures those tasks are all in a process a document and you can follow the bouncing ball as we say and actually get those things done you can bring someone in if it's going to be a long period of time a contractor or a temporary person or whatever it might be and actually get that task done but if you don't have that then how do you know what they do Mm -hmm. I mean that can be a real problem yeah, business. yeah, absolutely. A number of years ago, I wrote an article called What Happens If Joe Doesn't Turn Up to Work? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, do you know what Joe does? And can somebody do Joe's job? And what happens if Joe is actually the business owner? Can people do their work? <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. But look, you mentioned a phrase and look, I'm going to ask you to explain it because it's a phrase that I use regularly, follow the bouncing ball. Now, mm-hmm. I've just hired some undergraduates who I'm going to get in trouble for saying the wrong generation, but early 20s, okay, Mm -hmm. I had to explain what follow the bouncing ball actually meant because when I grew up, you would have music on TV with the words and the ball would bounce over the top. Exactly, exactly right. So, it's uh, yeah, I'm showing my age too, obviously, (laughs) but I think it's a set of step-by-step instructions, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is what you do first, this is the second thing, third thing. It might be a flowchart. 
It might be an instruction with a visual aid. It might be a video that they have to follow. But, you know, there's different types of standard operating procedures, obviously. But, yeah, the bouncing ball is the set of tasks that they just have to follow to get a task, a full task done. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we've got that in, that idea of what a standard operating procedure should be, I guess how do we determine or how do we go about putting these in place? Yeah. So, yes, that's a question I get asked all the time, really, how to do it. I mean, it's very simple, but it depends on the person, depends on the tasks that you're doing. But basically, so I do want to say right now that I do love a book called Systemology by David Jennings. Some of the words that I'm going to be using are his because I just love the way he speaks about systems and about his and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, forgive me if I use some of his terminology, but um, excellent. If you haven't heard of him, haven't read the book, you should do it. It's on Audible. It's excellent. And he's got one of those voices that you just really want to listen to and fully be inspired by. So, yeah. So basically to start with a Word document, a Google document, I would say at this point create a template. So have it so it's branded. It needs to have like a logo at the top, you know, header and footer and all that sort of thing. If some of this sounds a bit foreign to any of you business owners that are not admin people, come talk to me. (laughs) I'll set up the template for you. So, yeah, so make sure it's branded, add the logo, make sure it's got a date on it when it was written so that you can figure out if you're doing a review of the procedures about the SOPs, then you know when the last time, maybe your software has been updated as part of one of the tasks that you're doing. So you need to figure out when you actually wrote this and if it needs updating. So set up the document. Remember that the title of the document is really important because you need your staff to be able to find it. So really important to use very simple language, language that is searchable for the title of your document. Storage is important as well. Where are you storing your document? So it needs to be accessible to everyone. It needs to be in an area where everyone will find all the procedures. So I find best storing under the area that they're doing. So if it's a finance, marketing, sales, operations, wherever it might be, have an area with all the procedures for that area of your business. And then if they're doing a task in that area, they can find it easily. So a few hints and tips there. Don't overcomplicate it. Seriously, if you're writing this SOP, it doesn't need to be this massive dictionary of words and all that sort of thing. And it doesn't need massive version control either. If you're a big corporate, yes, you might do version control, but we're talking small business here, so we don't need all that. So a short description at the top, talking about what the SOP is for, what sort of tasks you're going to be talking about, any links to instructional videos, any websites should be included in the first part of it as well. And then you start talking about who is actually going to be using this document. So the knowledgeable person's role or their name, if you're comfortable with that. Um, Identify the team members that are also going to use this and the stakeholders that are involved in the task. So there might be a number of different people that actually have to do this task. It might not be a single person. So you must remember always there's no perfect solution, no perfect SOP, as I say. It's a flexible document. And I'm going to say that over and over again because you don't have to set this in stone. And You can just start it now. You don't have to wait for the perfect time or the perfect document to be finished to actually get this done. Yeah, I think that whole idea of waiting till you've got it perfect is one of those things that stops people from actually implementing. Mm. I remember a number of years ago when we were implementing quality 
assurance in one firm that the number of backwards and forwards about getting everything right and the terminology right, it just took months to get to a document where we could actually start. So, you know, don't wait for the perfect outcome because what you think is perfect is not going to be. No, because we're not perfect, we're just human. Mm. So, you know, and the person is using this as human as well. The big thing we've learned over the last few years, when we all went into lockdown, a lot of these SOPs had to change because the way we did things in business changed completely. It was funny because I remember at the beginning it was like, well, is this going to be a temporary thing? You know, and as it went on, it wasn't. It became the norm, um, which was very hard for a lot of people, but it actually meant that the way we did business had to change as well. So therefore, the documents have to be flexible. You just don't know what's going to happen next in business these days. So write the document, but remember that it's not going to be perfect. It's not set in stone. And so... The next thing I would say is also remember that any software that you talk about, it may change too because software and technology changes all the time. It gets updated. So a document you did six months ago may need to be updated. You know, if you put huge amounts of screenshots into your document, sometimes that is a detriment too because those things are now look differently as the software is updated as well. So keep the screenshots to a minimum and just focus on the important instructional stuff that you want to put in there. It's really important when you're doing a document like this to have someone review it. That's what I always say. What I do, I have a process for this, as I always do. (laughs) I'm a process-driven person. Um, What I do is I actually record all my SOPs on video first And then I have a virtual assistant on my team actually write the document. So that way they're actually looking at it from a different way, a different point of view than me, and then I review that document. So that works really, really well. I did this just for a client recently, and she actually had never seen the system that I did the video on. So she was learning as she went. She documented it, and then we just tweaked the document to make it work from what I know with I'm the one with all the experience and the software and then she added her input as well so that works really well so if you can get someone in your business to actually review them and update them like that in a situation like that or an expert maybe you're a small business but you use a marketing company to do things for you you can actually get them to review some of that sort of things for you so that works really well Hmm. yeah so just always remember when you're writing a document like this not to be perfect And don't print it. (laughs) This is what I always say. Don't print it because what's the point of having a printed manual on a desk somewhere that is gathering dusk and no one ever looks at? And if you want to know more about paperless, I love paperless. I have huge blogs on my website all about paperless. You can download those and I'll help you out with the paperless part. But, yeah, so it's better to have it on an area, like I said before, that's accessible, that's easy to find, easily searchable, that sort of thing. The other thing I really want to say about this is once you've actually documented that, look at using a task management system as well and actually template that list of tasks for whatever that might be so that you can actually tick them off as you go electronically. So I use ClickUp for this for these sort of tasks when I'm following the bouncing ball and in ClickUp you can set up subtasks with a whole list of or a checklist a whole list of different tasks that you need to do to complete a process and you can actually use dependencies as well so that means that if you've got three different people that are doing one process you can actually say okay this person needs to do the first task and then ClickUp will actually then email that person once that task is completed to say it's your turn you're doing the next thing etc etc so 
that works really well. If you can use a task management system to actually get these things done, so much easier and you just template it and download the template every time and it's the same thing. You just follow the bouncing ball. Mm. So that yeah. works great. So using a software to sort of automate some of those processes and, and that replication process mm. can also drive some efficiency there. Definitely, yeah, because you're always doing the same thing the same way. Mm. No, But the other thing is obviously remember it's flexible. So if the things change, you can update at any time mm-hmm. yeah do you get your clients to schedule in reviews of how they're doing it because i've seen in practice there'll be a standard procedure and there's always a manual workaround done by the task team member each time but instead of going and updating the process or the checklist they just keep doing that manual override and then when you train a new team member there's some steps missing do so how do you overcome this review or need for a review of processes? That is very interesting. I think that as you go, it does, does get reviewed. I think setting a review process every three months is the key. But obviously we don't always have time to be doing that and it doesn't always realistically happen mm. like that. I think when you're actually onboarding a new employee, that's when you sort of realise, oh, my goodness, some of these are quite outdated and they do get updated as you go. And actually that brings up another point really because sometimes, you know, it's not only when a person is sick or, you know, gets run over by a bus, as we say, that you might be doing something like this. It's actually when you've promoted someone as well Mm. and you're having to onboard a new employee into a role and you suddenly realise that you haven't actually reviewed these processes very regularly so that's a really good time to to actually look at them and go okay well that's not working but the person who's actually the expert in the area should be doing that on a regular basis anyway mm. they should be as part of their a part of what they do checking the process every now and again and just going okay no that doesn't work anymore we need to change this and change this so yeah it can be hard some people don't like change mm. that's what i found mm. i found when i go into businesses and actually implement these processes for people Sometimes you have someone who's actually been in the business for, you know, 20 years or something and they really don't want to change some of the processes that they've been doing the same way for a long time. So you really just need to go easy with them and explain why it's actually going to make a difference to their work life. So I think that's really important. The psychology behind it is really important to look at. Yeah, I can't remember the example, but I think it had something to do with monkeys and peanuts. (laughs) Uh, Whereas the monkey would be trapped by clinging onto the peanuts because uh, they value the peanuts. But if they let go of the peanuts, they could escape. Yes. Uh, and, and obviously they value their life. But yes. um, too often we hang on to those little things that, or the little things that we're comfortable with mm. uh, and forget the bigger picture of what we can do. And some business owners don't even realise that things have moved on from the process that they're doing now that an employee might be doing you know I remember a few years ago I think it was tax file number documents used to be in triplicate Mm. and you used to have to physically send them off to the ATO when you had a new employee now tell me as an accountant you don't do that anymore do you it's all electronic electronic, yeah yeah. and I remember when the process changed and someone was still doing it the old way and I'm like that is so outdated and so inefficient, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to jump in there and have a pot shot at the Australian Taxation Office <laughs> here because when you're actually still in the process of registering for PAYG withholding registration, one of the questions you're being asked is, are you going to be printing PAYG <laughs> summaries or are you going to use electronic forms? And I think, well, here's a classic <laughs> example of the system has changed, the technology and the rules have changed. 
but the process hasn't been updated yes. on the questions. So yeah, if you're feeling that it's too much as a small business owner, the big guys get it wrong as well. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, if the ATO is getting it wrong and they're asking questions like that, that actually confuse an accountant or a, you know, a normal business owner, then what hope do we have really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Amanda, like, Obviously, you work with a lot of different businesses. What are some of the key benefits that people have fed back to you after implementing some of these new procedures? I think the biggest thing is really efficiency. I mean, right now, right, it's almost Christmas time and we're doing things right now that are things that we don't normally do. I always say this at Christmas time, little things, okay, you might be sending out a bunch of gifts or cards to your clients or to stakeholders in your business and you only do this once a year. And so what did you do last year? Do you have to reinvent the wheel and figure it all out again and figure out how you download all those addresses and get everything done and order your branded cards and all those sort of things? Or do you just go to your SOP and go, okay, this is what I did last year. This is who I talked to. This is how you get it done. And that makes the process much more efficient because you're not having to think about it and reinvent the wheel. And it's the same when you go on holidays and you're closing down at Christmas time. And you go, okay, I've got to put my out of office on. I always have to look up the out of office. <laughs> it's just like, how do I do that again? I can't remember which button to press because you do it once or twice a year when you go on holidays. Okay, so I have a procedure in my office. I have a procedure and I go out of office procedure and I search for it and I just follow the instruction on how to do that. And also I'm very specific about what I say on my out of office message. So what I always do is I just cut and paste into it and then also, I leave a voicemail on my phone and I actually have one saved, a recording, but how do I get to that recording and change it? So it's all this in my SOP, it has all of those things. So it's all about efficiency and not having to reinvent the wheel all the time. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that you would save one to two hours per day. Now, that's a fairly conservative estimate there, Amanda. I think when you multiply that out against the number of team members or employees that you have, the savings could be quite significant between 20, 30 hours a week. And every business would love to have another 20 or 30 hours a week. So I think you've clearly shown us that there's a lot of value to having standard operating procedures and the benefits are there, not just in terms of time, but consistency and efficiency. Mm. And I think the real question is, why are we not starting today? What's holding us back? Because they want it to be perfect. And you want to have all this time to be able to do this sort of thing. You know, I think I'm the same as everybody. At this time of year, you're so, so busy and you don't want to start doing this now. And you think, oh, that's right, I'll do it in January. I've got all that time in January. I can, you know, things are quieter. I can do it. But you get to January and you go, oh, I don't actually know what I'm doing or, oh, I think that that procedure is actually going to change. So I won't write that right now. So I think the best thing to do right now is to actually start on a procedure where something's not quite working. So you can work on the task and you work on the process and you can document it all at the same time and actually get things working better. So that's what I say. Remember, don't be a perfectionist. This is a flexible document. You can, you know, update it at any time and don't print them. (laughs) So they're, they're the main tips that I would say. But do make a note in your diary every few months to actually review these SOPs, definitely. Fantastic. Yeah. So you've mentioned the book. Um, tell us what that is again. Yeah, Systemology. Amazing. David Jennings. That book just makes such a difference in so many people's businesses, I think. Systemizing your business so that basically so you're not key person dependent. So the person that started the business doesn't have to be there every day and running everything so that you can actually just hand over those tasks to experts because 
we don't start our business to do admin and to do all the different processes. Like we said at the beginning, if you're an electrician, you want to focus on the electricals and not have to worry about all that sort of thing. But eventually you want someone else to be doing the electricals and you might want to go to the beach mm, absolutely. <laughs> something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Good. And, Amanda, look, you've written some blogs. They're on your website, but mm-hmm. uh, which is streamlinedorganising.com.au. Mm-hmm. And what's the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you? That's a great way. There's a contact page. There's a page where you can book into my calendar and just have a chat with me. And you can find me on social media as well. So Amanda Primrose on Facebook or LinkedIn or all sorts of places. So, Fantastic. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Amanda, for joining us today and sharing your expertise on standard operating procedures. If you're listening to this for the first time, we'd love to get your feedback and hear from you. So drop us a comment. You can email us at podcast at thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com. And if you want to catch previous episodes, you can find them all on our website, which is also www.thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com or you can follow us in all major and all minor podcast players these days found everywhere apple spotify google and everywhere look us up in your favorite podcast player and make sure you subscribe and you'll hear the next episode when it launches and we'd love to hear also your success stories so keep those coming we'd love to hear from you and your questions as well and we'll hope to feature those on an upcoming episode of the business behind your business Thank you.